So today I'm gonna be talking about my favorite book um, called You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. I just think that this book should literally be taught in school. Like I, I literally think that everyone should have a copy of this book because it helped me so much. It feels so foundational, actually. Like, if there was a happiness class in school, I think this book would, like, be on the, you know, little roster of things we need to do. Because when I, I swear to God, when I first read this book, I loved it so much. It felt like I was, like, on a drug. I was so, so, like, wired and happy and just, like, oh, my God. It was incredible. So... When I first <laughs> read it, I finished it. I went back on Thriftbooks, thriftbooks.com, and this is not an ad because I'm not sponsored yet, but thriftbooks.com is such an incredible website. Um, you get books for half the price, and they're, like, brand new, and if you don't really care if they're brand new, you can get them from even cheaper. Um, but I bought eight copies of this book. I bought eight copies of this book, and I went back and handed it out to all of my friends because that's how much I liked this book. So I thought first I would kind of just give you like a little synopsis of kind of what the book goes through and then go through my favorite pages and like kind of check out what I highlighted and whatever and just talk about it because like I said, everyone should just have this book under their belt. Um, and I actually, I hope this convinces you to read it. Um, Jen Sincero is like not my mom or anything, but I wish she was. So, okay. Um, so the little chapters, like the first thing it kind of gets into is like, chapter one is like, my subconscious made me do it, which is just like goes kind of in depth about like what your beliefs are doing are... Just a lot of, like, old, crusty crap that's, like, in your subconscious. So, like, okay, for my life, right, I could believe, like, um, yes, I, I can be a very um, valuable songwriter and I can be a very successful artist and all these things. But if I have this unchecked subconscious belief of, like, nobody loves me, <laughs> like, how how am I supposed to actually go through with that because I'm I'm making these little decisions whether I realize it or not that are actually being driven by my subconscious beliefs so the first chapter is just like that and then chapter two it's called the g word and it goes into like it I means god right the g word um ganoush <laughs> so she just talks about how there's like whether you believe it or not, you actually do believe that there is this higher power because like if you were about to get in a plane crash, you'd start praying to something. You know what I mean? Um, and I personally um, believe that that this thing is very benevolent. Um, I don't personally like using the G word. I use the universe. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so she just talks about like this thing does exist whether you believe you believe it or not. Um, and it can help you, and here's how. And then it goes into chapter three, which is, like, being present, which, like, in a lot of books I read, it's, like, presence is the thing that is going to help you the most, and in a way of, like, if you're looking for an opportunity or you're looking for a sign that you can only find it in the present moment, right? I don't know what we believe, but I definitely believe in, like, angels and, like, um, 
I don't know, just spirit guides in a sense, not necessarily like this biblical angel because one, a biblical angel is like a bunch of eyes in a vortex (laughs) or something. So I definitely believe that there are things helping us along. Like I said, I definitely believe that this is a benevolent place. And I think what ends up making it not benevolent. Um, I, I heard this story that I'm going to share with you right now because it's it was so integral to like my view of the universe because you think like, oh, if it's benevolent, then like, and you're in social justice, it seems, it seems like these two things are um, a little at odds because you're constantly like, this is unfair. This is wrong. And I, I mean, I'm trans, uh, like I'm queer. But anyway, so I heard this story that was like, it used the word God and it seemed like it was some sort of Bible story, but it was like, okay, so it was this person, they were talking to God, and they were like, if, you know, if, why don't, God, why don't you, you know, help these people? Okay, before you guys start, is it not Jesus' podcast? No, it's not. Anyways, so it was like, oh, God, like, why don't you help these people? And God was like, girl, I put you there to help these people. So that made me like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, these terrible things exist because we make them exist. Because, like, I had this thing for so long that was like, where does a deep spirituality and a deep radical activism coexist? And I felt like that was such, like, at odds. And now it's like, no, it's the same thing. Like, action is God. You know, like, action is God has changed. Like, what? There's that quote. Oh, I forget who it's by. Um, I'm not going to remember the name right now. Um, But I think it's this, like, famous um, black writer who said, like, God has changed, you know? And that made me like, oh, like, activism is spirituality. Okay, anyways, back to the book. So... Then in the next couple chapters, it goes on just kind of about like empowerment and like general self-love, but like how we can love ourselves and like why we really, really need to. Because I, it seems like so, I don't know if taboo is the right word, but I'm going to say it anyways. It seems like so taboo at this point. And it seems so like, um, what is that word? Like buzzwordy, like self-love and self-care. <laughs> like, and it's like, You know, like, I don't think we get a full meaning of it anymore. But, yeah, so then she kind of talks about how we're, like, we're investing in what we should do, what we feel we should do, and not what we actually want to do. This, like, you know, this innocence we have as children and everything is, like, we know exactly what we want to do. There's, you know, a third grade... um, video of me going up on stage and being like, I want to be a rock star. You know what I mean? Um, And even people that like were like, I want to be president, right? Like maybe they're not going to be the president and maybe I'm not going to be like Steven Tyler, (laughs) but that we know what we want to do. We know the direction we want to go in. You know what I mean? But I just think we all definitely came into this life with, like, a sense of purpose and a sense of what we were meant to be. Or we at least have, like, these desires. And what I've been, like, really leaning into lately is, like, 
our desires were put in us for a reason. Like there's something magical so, so bigger than us um, within our desires. That's why I think a lot of my spirituality is like, it doesn't necessarily matter if this is true or not. And right. It doesn't matter if this is true or not. It matters that it makes me feel empowered. It matters that it makes me feel good. And if I can keep a sense of like, what is religion? Like it's, it's explanation for things we don't know. And it's, coping with life right so if this can propel me towards my desires then of course I'm gonna use it as a tool I want to touch on this one part in the book that is kind of outlining like some ways to win yourself over again um if you're like kind of lacking on self-love which who the frick is not especially if you're like my age like 22 you're kind of just like oh you're like honestly just getting your bearings and like what's going on like you were just getting seasick and you've just stopped getting seasick in life and this is a quote you were given special talents and gifts to share with the world even though everybody has special talents and gifts nobody will use theirs quite the same way you will and it says you were kind of a big deal like, we think about people in history, like um, Medusa, or, like, these people, and we're like, oh, my God, no one will ever live like them again. Like, oh, my God, they were so, it's Medusa. Or, like, it's um, King whatever. Like, he was, and he doesn't exist, and he existed for that couple years. We're the same. We are the same as that. Maybe we don't have a crown or we're not Medusa, but you know what I mean? Okay, so the second one is drown yourself in affirmations. And this is where my, like, it doesn't need to be true, it just needs to feel good comes in. Like, we don't need to believe necessarily that these are true because I think there's this piece of us that knows better than ourselves. And when we say things like, I am successful, part of our brain goes like, no, you're king not. What do you loser <laughs> you know but after a while when you say I am successful and you feel it for a second and you're like you know what does it feel like what, what, what would that feel like you're kind of like oh I get why if it's not true in this moment it's still important yes here here there's an exact quote in the book exactly what I just said okay good it says, okay, on page 56, it says, and yes, at the beginning, it may feel like you're lying to yourself, but the truth is you're living the lie. So the affirmation gets you back to the truth. And that's what I'm saying. There's this little other part of you that's like, you know what? Like that kind of feels, that kind of feels good. Like that kind of is like, that kind of feels true. You know what I mean? Like I am successful or I'm beautiful. You know, we could start with other things. Um, cause you can believe you could be successful. You can, you can see yourself being successful, but then also have a subconscious belief that you don't believe that you're responsible enough to handle the money that comes with success or so, something like that. Right. You need to get rid of these in order to move forward because I had, I created a new brand new subconscious belief that was like, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. Cause when you start to be like, oh my gosh, I have all these gifts. Oh my God, I want to do all these things. I want to do interior design. I want to like be a fashion designer. I want to be a songwriter. Like all of a sudden you start to, I, I don't have time. And 
But you do. Like, you know, you can work that out. You can hire people. You can have three freaking companies, right? Like, you can do all of these things, and you can work that out. Or maybe you can lead a company, sell it. You know, like, there's so many ways you have to be willing to figure out how to make it work. Um, okay, so. <laughs> Four is find a replacement. Um, it says we've gotten so used to our negative knee-jerk reactions to ourselves that we think to question them. We simply take them as the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But once we become aware that our thought patterns and behaviors, we can consciously change them. So, and these are such good freaking tips. Start paying attention to what runs through your mind when you look in the mirror. What happens inside when you see someone totally succeeding at something you'd love to do? What do you think and feel when you walk up to a group of really good looking and successful people? And me as a trans person, if I, I deliver sushi sometimes, right? That's like my part-time job. And I will walk up to a door and like a 12-year-old boy, like a tw- young boy will answer. And I don't feel this way as much anymore. But uh, in the beginning of my transition, I'd be like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like a, a 12-year-old boy, like from some random town in New Jersey would make me feel so insecure. Um, I see here in in the book I wrote, what do you, like, when you walk up to a group of really successful, good-looking people, or just anyone that you envy something about, and I wrote not man enough, so that's where that little thought came from. Um, Oh, there's more, or when you try your best to pull something off and you fail, when you get dumped by someone who's totally awesome, blah, blah, blah. Um, she talks about noticing the verbiage that runs through your mind when you're being the most heinous to yourself, coming up with a new and improved response. The only way that I have seen myself change is by, okay, like there's two pathways. I can go down this one pathway of like, I'm a piece of shit. Or after I've gone down that automatic pathway that might come up with some thoughts, like I might go blah, blah, blah. Like I might think a thought and then my brain goes, well, you're a piece of shit or whatever. Then you can either just, like, let that pathway get, like, dug in and dug in and dug in, right? Or you can start to make a path less traveled by, which is after that thought happens, you rebuttal it. And not not you're not fighting with yourself in your head. You're not, like, having a debate. But you just say something, and this is why it has to ring true to you actually ring true to you. Like, we're not lying this time. Like, it has to genuinely be a rebuttal to this is, like, I'm a piece of shit. And then you say something that really genuinely makes you believe you're not a piece of shit, right? Like, I'm a piece of shit. Oh, well, blah, blah, blah. You know what I, you need You need to think of something on your own that is going to make you, like, oh. And eventually, instead of the you're a piece of shit thought, your brain is going to skip that path and go straight to the second thought you've created. Because you've now made that first thought useless because it's not to your brain. It's not true anymore. That has been the most um, important thing (laughs) that I have done. And that's completely helped me with any confidence I have. I mean, that's really been the key, honestly. So, okay, number five is ditch the self-depreciating. I don't know how to say this word. You know what I mean, depreciating. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna um, slaughter the word. <laughs> Deprecating. Okay, humor. Because it's like you're making people uncomfortable. <laughs> like, 
one, if you're not making other people uncomfortable, when you go, ooh, my hair looks fucking ugly, you want people to laugh, and then your silly ass is going to go home and feel bad that then everyone laughed at you. (laughs) Like, what? Like, you, no. Either if you're not making yourself uncomfortable, you're making other people uncomfortable, or you're making everyone uncomfortable. Like, no one wants self-depreciating, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> We're not even going to try again. Um, number six is let the love in. And that's about taking compliments, right? So we're coming off of this self-deprecating humor, bad humor. And we're going into like, instead of like, oh, I love your shirt. Oh, this ratty old thing, which is like a quote out of here. It's like, thank you. She just, Jen Sincero, she just says, just say thank you. <laughs> just And it feels actually good because when your brain doesn't, again, automatically go to this, no, I look ratty, no, I look ugly, it can be replaced by this moment and this space that you gratefully get to enter where you get to have this very, where you get to have this very, like, cute moment with someone where you just take the compliment in a very warm way and go, thank you. And, like, make this nice little eye contact and have this nice little heart open moment with them where they went, oh, you look good, and you go, oh, thank you. Like, replace your little, no, I like ratty. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's so much better that way. Okay, number seven is don't compare yourself to others. Oh my God, this is so hard. Because if you, right, like a reality of success in a big way, right, is like, you do need to outshine people in a way. You really, really do. Like, you want to be the best at your craft, And you're not going at it in a way, I mean, hopefully, we're not going at it in a way to outshine people. We're not like, yeah, and then I'm going to (laughs) be, we're going at it in a way of passion where it's like, I love this thing so much, I want to elevate it. I want to be the best at it because I love it, right? Like, I respect this so much. Like, I respect songwriting so much that... I want to learn every nook and cranny of it, and I want to elevate it. And I never want to stop doing it. <laughs> it's it's this comparing ourselves to others is so weird because on, on one hand, we really, like, there is, in a sense, a healthy comparison where it is real that some things are better than others. In a song, there's a better line than the one you have. And this is where I usually get so caught up and it gets like messy for me personally. So I'm sure it does for other people is like, okay, well, if there is a such thing as better then there are such thing as better people than me. And it's like, no, uh-uh. there are a such thing as people who have worked longer on production than you. And there's a such thing as people who, you know, who, who just have more, you know, like I said in the last podcast, like accolades, like 29 Grammys. (laughs) Um, and it's like when we're comparing ourselves to others, we are not feeling empowered, right? We're not, we are literally going, oh, they're better than me. Jen Sincere has a quote here on page 61 that says comparison is the fastest way to take all the fun out of life because when you're comparing yourself you're like oh I haven't done enough oh I haven't I haven't done good and she has this really wonderful concept in here um this is a quote it says or if the guys in Led Zeppelin compared themselves to Mozart 
like, at the end of the day, you comparing yourself to even someone who does the exact same thing as you is useless. In a big sense. In a big sense. Um, you might be creating jealousy. You might be creating all these things that, again, when you're just grounded and you're in this, like, I know, I know I can do this space. And you just are setting out these, like, grounded goals of, like, and I do this and I do this and then I will have this and then I'm going to go here. Like, realistic things that you can just do to get where you want to be. Comparison has no space in there. Just none. <laughs> none at all. Um, even when we're comparing ourselves to something that is like, oh, um, you know, oh, this person's a way better producer than me. There, It's only pointing us in a direction of maybe where our goals should go. Maybe where our desires are leading us and not in a sense that we need to go cry about how bad of a producer we are. You know, um, she she ends this little section on avoid comparison like the plague. <laughs> you are more than enough. Oh, I love this book. Okay. Number eight says forgive yourself. And then it even says in bold with the title, listen up. This one's extremely important. And then I wrote, okay, with a little face that's like, oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um. It, this is a quote, you aren't a better person for feeling guilty or bad about yourself, just a sadder one. Like, oh my god, <laughs> like, you, and especially, especially, especially in, um, like, activism, and we're talking about, like, anti-racism, and this is something that my friend went to, um, some sort of, like, anti-racism workshop, and the leader of the workshop said this to her. White people, you are not doing a goddamn thing by sitting there in your white guilt. You're not doing a thing <laughs> by feeling really upset about this. Like, your emotion actually doesn't matter. It doesn't matter an ounce unless it creates you to do an action. And that, and that actually ties in entirely with forgiving yourself. Like okay, this and this went on, but, like, now what am I going to do about it? Like, let's not, if we need to release emotions, gorge, because we're going to get ready and, like, <laughs> go and do it then. But, yeah, it's 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 useless at the end of the day. Like, forgiving yourself quickly is, is best, I think. Hey, guys, so if you guys really liked me talking about this book, I literally only made it up to, like, page 63 in it, and I would really like to talk about it more. <laughs> so if this is something you guys like, um, definitely, you know, let me know <laughs> about that. So yeah, I probably will revisit this book anyways, because again, it's my favorite thing. And yeah, um, again, the name of the book is You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life by Jen Sincero. It also has this freaking incredible version, which I am 100,000% gonna um, make another podcast kind of talking about. That is the You Are a Badass, and she made a money version of it. Um, so yeah, both of these books have been like really, really top five of the best books I've ever read, the most influential books in my life. So yeah, thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you next week.